Greetings, sovereigns. Join us as we explore new and old knowledge and ideas around food and health to help you achieve optimum states of wellness. The gut-brain axis is real. The gut contains over 100 million neurons. As a result, an imbalance with this connection leads to several problems which may manifest when you have gastrointestinal issues. Chronic issues, actually. These problems are sometimes triggered by trauma or anxiety, vicarious trauma, and fear. You will probably have painful gut experiences such as gastric ulcers, pancreatic cancer, peptic ulcers, diverticulitis, malabsorption, and other issues. In addition, it is... It's probably likely that there are other underlying issues that present themselves. This podcast looks at additional solutions and food tips to deal with gut-brain issues. I will also share a delicious Tulsi tea that you can use as a daily gut rebuilder. So one particular nerve, the vagus nerve, is responsible for communication directly um, between the gut and the brain. The gut's main role makes it a crucial system that we should maintain with the utmost care and attention. The health benefits include supporting strong immune and digestive systems and optimal brain function. So let's talk a little bit about three things. Prebiotics, probiotics, and enzymes. Prebiotics. Prebiotics are um, prebiotics and 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 um, probiotics sometimes get mixed up a lot. Prebiotics are used to improve the 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 probiotics, and probiotics are the actual microorganisms or the microbiota. Um that contain live organisms. Probiotics maintain or improve the gut bacteria and prebiotics are used to improve the balance of the microbiota. In other words, prebiotics feed the probiotics. Enzymes, however, are, these are specific based on the type of foods being digested, and they act as catalysts during the, the breakdown of foods. The body creates enzymes in the stomach, the mouth, and yet the majority of the enzymes produced by the body are produced from the pancreas. So, Let's look at prebiotics very quickly and probiotics. Prebiotics are available in high-fiber foods, and those are easy to access if you have a rich plant-based diet. These fibers are indigestible. So because of that, um, what it does is it actually makes food available to microbiota. If the majority of your diet consists of junk food or highly processed foods, it means that there are no leftover or unprocessed inulin to feed probiotics. So here's what I need you to do. I need you to explore raw greens such as dandelion, chard, 
watercress and jicama. Please do check out our gut brain blog for a longer list of prebiotics that you can utilize to support your system. As for probiotics, I'm confident that you know what foods can help you. Now, let's take a closer look at some of the enzymes. Enzymes help us to break down various foods. One of the most important enzymes, however, that can support gut-brain connection is what we call proteolytic enzymes. These are proteases. And a protease is really an enzyme that helps to digest proteins in food. So although your body produces the enzymes from the pancreas, certain foods also contain proteolytic enzymes. Two of those foods are pineapples and papayas, papain and bromelain, respectively. Papain from papayas or papain is an enzyme produced by papayas and bromelain is an enzyme produced from um, pineapples. So using these two foods or buying and taking these enzymes are also necessary if your pancreas does not produce these enzymes naturally, these proteolytic enzymes naturally. All right, and and remember, they pro, they they really focus on breaking down the protein um, into amino acids. That's what you really need proteolytic enzymes for. One of the things you probably know is that papain or papayas and pineapples are two of the richest plant sources of um, each of the enzymes that we call tenderizers, right? As most people know, traditionally, green papayas have been used as tenderizers for things like meat and so on. But papain and bromelain, bromelain rather, pardon me, are, you know, found in again papaya and um pineapples right the enzymes are made in your body and some of those enzymes are also responsible for um aiding in digestion okay now Remember we said that there are enzymes that are produced by the body. The enzymes produced by the body are called trypsin and chymotrypsin. The primary use of proteolytic enzymes is, a di- is as a digestive aid for people who may have be having trouble digesting proteins. However, proteolytic enzymes may also be absorbed internally to some extent and may reduce pain and inflammation specifically pain and inflammation in the in the gut so some of um the sources of proteolytic enzymes come from food because the body manufactures trypsin and other types of enzymes however if you have a deficiency in these enzymes that break down proteins um usually it results from the diseases, a disease of the pancreas, right? Or pancreatic insufficiency. 
So some of the symptoms that you may be experiencing or will be like abdominal discomfort or gas, um, indigestion, poor absorption of nutrients and passing of undigested food. So the things that you need to pay attention to, right, when you have digestive issues can be problematic. And so so let's go over a quick list of some of those things that um, you need to pay attention to because they may be influencing your, your experiencing of chronic gut or gastrointestinal issues, right? Probiotics are live microorganisms. So one of the things you want to think about is consider maybe taking a probiotic earlier on before you have breakfast in the day. Take it about three quarters of an hour before you actually eat breakfast because during the dawning, the spinster is open and what will happen is it will allow, it will let acid backflow. So consuming the probiotics, um, what it does is it provides the gut with the flora that it needs so that it can process that breakfast properly. Now, another thing you want to consider is foods that are like kerosene to a fire on the gastrointestinal tract, right? Hybridized wheat. Hybridized wheat is one of those foods that can inflame the gut. Really important to think of, consider it. We eat so many foods that contain hybridized wheat and, you know, sometimes you don't even know it. It's added to foods and and many times if we don't pay attention to the ingredients list, we'll be consuming foods that have added amounts of wheat without knowing it. Um, Spelt is a natural field hybrid and it's not commercially far it's not a commercially farmed hybrid of wheat so that spelt is one of the the foods that is okay to eat but have it in small amounts camut as well is um is great to make sourdough bread you can utilize camut but again in smaller portions Pay attention to the next thing you want to do is pay attention to your dairy intake, right? 60% of people have issues digesting dairy. It is critical. You know, I, I, I know sometimes it's difficult to let go of dairy milk or even cheeses. I know cheeses are um, really hard for people. There's something about the flavor and the taste and the consistency of cheese. But just understand that if you are having chronic gut issues, one of the things you must do is release, gradually release your addiction or your consistent desire to consume dairy. Refined sugars is another food that is kerosene to the fire, right? Um... And it will, again, inflame the guts. Refined sugars are really just pure crystallized acid that's extracted from the sugarcane plant. So being careful of of that, reducing your consumption of, of refined sugar is very crucial. 
So let's, there are a couple things you can do though, apart from removing items from your, um, your diet right now, you can, as we said before, include prebiotics to help support the microbiota. However, there are other herb foods that you can utilize to help regrow the gut lining and aid in elimination, right? Aloe is one such plant. Now, you can consume a piece of aloe um, every day. You can add it to a shake or smoothie, or you can just cut a piece off of it, the flesh, the clear fleshy part, and consume a piece of that every day. And it will help to promote just easing and soothing um, any inflammation of the gut, but also pr provides that pre um, biotic for the micro the microflora. Slippery elm is an herb that um, is a pounded bark from a tree that you can utilize in powder form. What you're gonna have to do is you'll pour hot water in a little in a little bit of the powder and mix it gradually, which will activate it. It is it has a mucilaginous like consistency or it's it's like a thickening agent so you want when you drink when you mix it rather you want to drink it immediately before it begins to thick thicken it isn't gelatin but it becomes gelatinous like um once the hot water activates it so what that does is helps slippery elm helps to soothe as well but also helps to rebuild the gut lining for those of us who have chronic gastrointestinal issues. Now, the one last thing that I do want to share before I share the Tulsi tonic um, is this, right? <laughs> There's this interesting um, idea that an elder herbalist shared with me. And that's the idea of this, this term called panic. Promptly answer nature's immediate call. Panic, P-A-N-I-C. Promptly answer nature's immediate call. Now, one of the things you don't think about sometimes is that um, pressure builds up in our the, the, the colon, right? And when your body signals to you, that you need to um, actually use the restroom. When you linger and you wait you and suppress the feeling, um, sometimes we, we suppress that feeling for another extra 15 minutes or even 30 minutes. Um, if this occur, occurs, right, when these times occur, and I'm sure they, they probably do occur um, for you very often, what is we can actually sit what happens is um any form of elimination actually sits in the colon and it will fall back into the small intestine um when it falls back into the small intestine it becomes a problem so it's you know think about and consider a castor oil pack or what's called a castor oil compress which will help to break up the congestion in the colon and it will help you to pass and release and eliminate very easily. 
And now another thing to consider is drinking a lot of water. Consuming water really allows for elimination to be at ease and to happen as frequently as needed. Your body needs to be hydrated in order to eliminate um, consistently. And so it's important to make sure that you monitor your daily intake of water. Okay, thank you so much for um, for sh- for listening to some of the information shared. One of the things I want to do before we close off today is offer the Tulsi Tea. So again, check out the blog. The blog is going to give you full details of the list of prebiotics and it will also include a list of the a outline of the recipe for the Tulsi tea. But for the Tulsi tea, you're going to need um, one portion of Tulsi or what's called holy basil, one portion of hibiscus, one portion of, and hibiscus, when I say hibiscus, I'm actually referring to um, what's considered Jamaican sorrel. So those are the, that's the name you can look for. It is a red, um, deep red, ruby red flower that draws in water very quickly and it has a very fruity taste. You can add some stevia to this, um, Tulsi tea. You want to add these herbs to about a cup or two of hot water. And you want to let it sit and steep for about 15 minutes before consuming the the Tulsi tea. Now, one of the reasons why basil or Tulsi, holy basil, is really an important part of your, your, can become an important part of your regimen. is because of its ability to, to treat, um, bloating and gas and abdominal cramps, which which can be the result of um, inflamed bowels. So it really supports um, digestive infl- um, chronic digestive inflammation. And chewing even chewing on basil leaves throughout the day can help to release any kind of um, polyphenols into the gut that go to work on reducing the inflammation in the body. People who regularly chew the basil leaves, they notice a a difference in um, inflammation and that that's normally connected to drinking carbohydrate rich foods and beverages. So the potent polyphenols um, that are active compounds in the basil, those are what help to assist the body in dealing with the inflammation. Those are, um, one such, one such compound is called, um, linalool, right? And linalool, lool, according to the research that I've done, along with Two other uh, active compounds, which are poly- polyphenols, help with the uh, the releasing and the easing of inflammation. It's basil is a potent antioxidant, and as an antioxidant, it plays a huge role in 
removing free radicals from the bloodstream. So in addition to helping to reverse any kind of chronic issues with the gut, it helps to support you in terms of removing free radicals and reducing um, cell oxidation. So as you know, as we depart this evening, we just want to thank you for listening in and joining us on this journey of exploring new and old ideas around food. As um, I, sh- I learn, I share with you what I've learned because the idea is that we create a network of knowledge and information and we're able to keep reciprocity alive as we share what we learn. Um, so that's really important. And as I share, I open up space for me to learn more. So I, I thank you for um, giving me a listening ear. And I thank you for liking and sharing the content on our page and on our podcast. And we look forward to hearing you again. We look forward to encouraging um, more families to listen to us. And let us know, give us some feedback and let us know how the information has helped you or more importantly, how you have applied the information being shared with you. Thank you. Find us on um, www.sovereigneats.com or head on over to our Instagram page and like, share um, our latest food recipes or food ideas with your friends and family and subscribe to our podcast. Thank you so much for um, listening. Peace and power.